Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. I hope you enjoy this week's message. How many of you guys making New Year's resolutions? Be honest, raise your hand. Uh, there's one person went like this and went. <laughs> How many people are making New Year's resolutions? Raise your hand, seriously. You are. Brandon in the back is. You guys are okay. All right. Hey, listen, a lot of people do that, don't they? A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. They do. Uh, why do they do that for? Well, I don't know about you, but for me, uh, the New Year's is a time whenever we can begin afresh. We can leave things behind. And I don't know about you, but my 2018 kind of stunk. Did anyone else's 2018 stink? Wow, we got an amen. Yes, 2018 kind of stunk. It really did. Now, I'm thankful to be here. Um, I'm thankful thankful it's in the past, but it did kind of stink for for me. Um, But a lot of times people want to leave those things behind. That's what they do. They want to take and they want to leave that that behind and they want to start something new going into a new year and so what they do is is they resolve a resolution they resolve to do things differently than they had done it before that's what a resolution is they say things like this year i'm going to blank 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 all right this year i'm going to do this this year i'm going to do that I don't know about your house, but around our house, we usually do a little bit of cleanup around our house around this time of year. I had five bags of clothes that went to Goodwill. I sure did. I donated five bags of clothes out of my own closet to Goodwill. I knew it was time to do that whenever I was like, maybe I need to thin out this closet a little bit. And I located a shirt that was on a hanger that I hadn't worn since 2006. That's 12 years ago for those who are counting. I knew that because that was the last time Tennessee played well, uh, and it was an orange and white shirt. (laughs) And so I was like, I know I hadn't worn it since 2006 because we stink, uh, and I would never wear it out in public. Uh, No, the pastor and I used to make a bet every year, and we had this shirt. Uh, I had an orange and white one, and he had a red and black one. Uh, And I wore the red and black one a lot more than he wore the orange and white one. And so the orange and white, when he finally gave it to me, and it was right there in the closet, and I hadn't worn it since 2006. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to clean this mess out. I'm going to take this mess, and I'm going to clean it out. I'm going to try to start doing things differently than I did before. And so I've got three shirts and a pair of pants in the closet, all right? I got the other pair on, all right? So that's what my closet looks like right now. I did. I went by. A lot of people do that, though, you guys. A lot of people, what they do is, is they want to resolute to do something different in the new year. And I don't know if you make resolutions or not. That's between you and God. It's, 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 it's up to you. All right. I usually don't make resolutions. What I do is, is I want to set, I want to set a theme for the year. That's what I do. I want to set something that I focus on all throughout the year. I want to set something that I pray about and that God reveals to me. And I focus on that all throughout the year. Now it's not something like, I want to make sure I get my toes done once a month. All right, it's nothing like that, ladies, or, it's not, or guys. There's a few guys I've seen getting pedicures. Good for you guys. You can leave your man card back on the table. Um, but uh, th- there are, 
There are things that I want to make sure that overarches the whole year, and I do try to do that on a yearly on a yearly basis. But around this time of year, everyone is always looking for things that they can change in their own life. They're looking for decisions that they can make to change in their own life. The old way that they've done something no longer is good. They try to do it in a new way. And most of those things are very difficult because if they weren't difficult, then you would be able to do them the whole year without even having to make a resolution. Is that right? Without even making a resolution, you could go ahead and you can just start doing it anyway. It would be natural. But a lot of things that we resolute are not natural. They're things that are very difficult for us. And so what I wanted to do today is, is I wanted to highlight a scripture that we've actually talked about uh, about a year and a half ago. We talked about this scripture, but I want to highlight it again because I want you to really see what it is that's going on in the scripture and how when he decided, when Moses decided to make a difference, his whole, his whole life changed. His whole approach changed. Everything changed. It's found in Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. Now, here's the scenario. They've set up basically their camp. They're out in the wilderness. They've set up the, the basic camp. And guess what? When you have people, you have problems. That's right. You have people, you have problems. And here's what it says, starting in verse 13. It says, the next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes, to hear their problems against each other. They waited before him until what? From morning until night until evening. They waited for him. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around from you from morning until evening? Moses replied this, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I am the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. And here's what his father-in-law said. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me and let me give you a word of advice and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to him. Teach them God's decrees and give them his instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives, but select, <clears throat> select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups as, as 1,000 150 and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes, but have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the small matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. And here's verse 24. It says this. I'll read it. It says, Moses listened to his father-in-law's advice and followed his suggestions. And then it goes on to say, he chose capable men from all over Israel and appointed them as leaders over all the people. He put them in charge of groups of 1,000, 150, and 10. These were men uh, were always available to solve the common uh, disputes. They brought the major cases to Moses, but, he, but they took care of the smaller ones. Soon after this, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law, who returned to his own land. So his father-in-law comes to visit him, and when he comes to visit him, he's noticing that Moses is doing some things that are actually very detrimental to him. Now, in Moses' mind, what he was doing was 
a very good thing because he wanted to help the people. But here's what was happening. Moses was sitting on a chair, like a throne type thing, and people would come to him. They lined up and they came to him. And the line would start with two and then four and then six and then eight. And after a while, it looked like the line for a Taylor Swift concert. Are you with me? All the way out the door, all the way down the the road, all the way out into the wilderness. And people waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And Moses, he kept doing and giving advice and, and over and over and over. And he did this from early in the morning until late at night. He did it from early in the morning until late at night. But it took someone else to come in, his father in law, and say, Hey, listen, why are you doing this for? I know you think it's a good thing. You think you're the representative for God, and you are. But here's the thing I want you to know you've got people among you that can do it and they can settle the small things. God wants you to settle the big things. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to make those people hear the small things and the bigger things come to you. That'll decrease your workload and it'll de-stress you and it'll de-stress even the people because how many people have ever, how many people have been waiting in line this week? Anybody waited in line this week? Whenever we had, we had the staff Christmas party and my wife, my wife, uh, we had a dirty Santa. All right, let me tell you something. These pastoral staff, they get dirty around dirty Santa. Are you with me? They don't care. This year, the main object of everyone's desire was a $5 gift from Five Below that was a little rocking man and he would flip him on and he would start doing the dance and he would go all over the place. And there was wailing and gnashing of teeth over that gift. There was. My wife wanted that gift. She did. So much so that the next afternoon, my wife and I went to Five Below. I kid you not, we went to Five Below. And I walked into Five Below, and the line, I, literally 20 people in line all the way down the middle of the store. And I looked at her, and I said, do you really want to stand in this line? And she looked back at me, and she said, yes, I do. I have a stressful job, and that little man is going to make me happy, happy, happy. And so we did. We stood in line, and we got that little rocking man for her. She told me that she left it at work because she knew if I had it in the house and it started going off that I would throw it away. And she's correct. I'm known to do that. So these people were standing in line. No one likes to stand in line, especially if they're in a dispute. And think about this. Not only are they standing in line with someone they're disputing, that person is standing right beside them right beside them because they're going to tell their side, they're going to tell their side, and then there's going to be a judgment. So that's exactly what was going on. And it was stressing everyone out. It was a long, long, arduous situation. And Moses was like, listen, who am I going to get? And his his father-in-law was like, listen, you don't need to do this. You need to change the way you're doing. You need to do things in a different approach. And can I tell you something? That's exactly for a lot of us. I want to tell you this. For a lot of us, God is telling us the same exact thing. He may have told it through other people. He may have told it through your time with the word. He may have told it to you through a husband or a wife. He may have told it to you through a grown child or a father-in-law or a mother-in-law. He may have told you through a mom or a dad. But there are things in our lives that we need, that we need to change and we need to do so Not necessarily because what's going on is harming us, which oftentimes it is, but there's a better way to do things. There's a decision that has to be made. And this time of year, oftentimes people make those decisions. And so here's the question I have for you. Will this be the year? That's the question I have for you. Will this be the year? 2019, will this be 
the year. Now, let me tell you what we oftentimes do. Oftentimes, here's what we do. We put our lives on autopilot. Now, we don't realize we put our lives on autopilot, but we do. We put our lives on autopilot, and we live our life day to day. We get up. We get up, we brush our teeth, we may have some coffee, we take a shower, we get in and we get in our car, we take off and we go, and that it's on autopilot every single day. And we get in it. We're almost like the, the guy who used to make the donuts in Dunkin' Donuts where he would go make the donuts and time. If you're under probably 45, you don't remember that. But the Dunkin' Donuts, the guy would go make the donuts and then he would come back in. And at some point he met, he met himself at the door because it was just mundane, day in and day out. And that's what we oftentimes do. But I want to tell you something. That's not the reason that God died. That's not the reason God sent Jesus to die for you. It's not. It's not the reason he did that. As a matter of fact, John 10, 10 said he came to give you life and give it more abundantly is what he said. He says the enemy is, is, comes to his purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. You guys heard this. My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying lives, give them life. And the scripture says life more abundantly. And that abundant, that, that text means that it's actually overflowing onto other people. That's exactly what it means. And so I want you to know that that's not the way, having a mundane life is not the way God intended it for you. It's not. And a lot of you guys put yourselves on autopilot. That's what we all do. So my question to you is, is will this be the year? Will this be the year? And I wanted to go over a few things that I want to challenge you with. And here's the first one. Will this be the year that you develop a schedule that is reasonable? Will this be the year that you develop a schedule that is reasonable? A lot of times what we do is, is we get pulled in to various things. And we give our time. Our, the most valuable thing you guys have is your time. And you give your time and you give it to things that don't really matter. You give it to things that aren't necessarily the most beneficial. And so you get and you fill your time with all these various things. And when you do that, oftentimes you are missing out on the things that God has for you. You're missing out on times with your family. You really are. You're missing out on times with your kids. You're missing out. I was in Nukes yesterday, and there was this little bitty kid sitting in a, in a, in a high chair. And he was a boy, and of course he was throwing croutons and everything else. He was just chunking stuff left and right, which I, I kind of love. But uh, he, he, he was in there, and immediately when I saw that kid, my brain went straight back, straight back to my son whenever he was that age. And can I tell you guys that I blinked, and all of a sudden he's 6'3", playing the guitar and driving my old Jeep. Can I tell you that? And, it, and I blinked. It went by so fast. Everything went by so fast. And I want to tell you guys something. It's God's will for us to develop a reasonable schedule. It is. Oftentimes, do you know why we don't develop a reasonable schedule? Because we overextend. We overextend ourselves either financially, we overextend ourselves on time, we overextend ourselves on things. And so we don't feel like we're living a fulfilling life when the truth of the matter is that if you'll trust God, he'll provide for you anyway, and you can have a reasonable schedule. I've talked to a lot of you guys who are really trying right now to develop a reasonable schedule, one that benefits both you. I'm not telling you to be lazy. I'm not telling you not to work. I'm not telling you that at all. As a matter of fact, the scripture says you don't work, you don't eat. And I, I agree with that. But listen, a lot of us are overextended and we've overextended ourselves. And here's the kicker. We've overextended ourselves to things that don't really matter. 
in the eternal scope of things, there's things that don't really matter. I want to tell you a little secret. God entrusted you with your children. If you have children, God entrusted you with your children. If you have grandchildren, God entrusted you to be that person's grandchild, to be that person's grandparent. Listen, I want to tell you something. Those are the things that matter the most to God. He does. He entrusted you. He entrusted you with children and with grandchildren. He may have entrusted you with relationships, with a spouse, with a husband or a wife, with kids. He entrusted you with those, with those people. And I'll tell you, a lot of times we overlook those people for, and what we say is, is we say, well, I'm just trying to provide for my family. I want to tell you something. Your family, your family cares more about your presence than they do your presence. Are you with me? They really do. They really do. Is this going to be the year that you develop a, a reasonable schedule? Is this going to be a, a year that you decide to work on that relationship that you know needs to be repaired? Is this going to be the year that you work on that relationship that you know needs to be repaired. Can I tell you the truth of the matter? Oftentimes we take better care of our cars than we do the people that we love. Are you with me? Oftentimes we take better care of our cars than the, than the, the people that we love. I have seen men, I'm not hating on you men, but I have seen men who have actually treated the people that check them out at a grocery store better than, than their own wives. I've seen that and their own children. I've seen that. I was at Nukes, like I said yesterday, and I was sitting in a booth by myself, and I was working on a few things, and there was this guy there who was sitting right beside me. He was sitting right here with his family. His wife came and sat down, and the kids came and sat down. And I'm not going to lie to you. The kids were a little rambunctious, okay? And this guy came, and he's standing there, and he starts berating his wife, standing up over his wife, berating her, all right? And I'm not going to lie to you. I wanted to stand up and punch him in the forehead, but I didn't because I didn't think it would look good for the preacher to get arrested today before he preaches, so I didn't do that. But I did. I was sitting there looking at this guy, and I was like, gosh, and I was thinking about this message, and I was like, wow. And he was like berating her, and you could just tell her whole facial expression was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. He's berating me here in the middle of nukes. And people kind of started staring, and then he started berating the kids, and he started doing all these things. And he sat down, and he finally got, kind of got calmed down. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at this whole family dynamic, and I'm going, wow, I don't think that guy realizes what he has. I don't think that guy realizes the value that he has there in these children. I don't think he realizes the value that he has in his wife. I wonder if he was all by himself sitting there. I wonder what would happen, because I've seen people doing that too. I've seen people sitting by themselves, and they weren't working. They were just eating by themselves, and they looked lonely to me. And I wonder what this guy, it's funny because here's the funny part. So the funny part is, is they were meeting people at Nukes. And so when the people came up, the guy was like, oh, hey, how are you guys doing? Oh, y'all doing good? How's life? How's the kids? And their kids came up and he hugged on their kids. And I was like, I just wanted to stand up and say, hey, listen, like four minutes ago, he was going off on all of them and he was yelling at their kids over here. He's loving on your kids, but he wanted to kill his. Are you with me? We do that a lot, don't we? We do that a lot with people. We do that a lot with people that we're closest to. We are guilty of doing that oftentimes. Is this going to be the year that you decide to work on that relationship that you know needs to be repaired? Listen, it doesn't necessarily have to be a marital relationship. It can be, and it, it ought to be if you need to work on your marital relationship, but maybe it's a relationship that you have with your coworker. Maybe it's a relationship that you have with your parents. Maybe it's a relationship that you have with your brother. Maybe it's a relationship you have with your sister. Maybe it's a relationship you have with your kids and on and on and on and on. Listen, I don't know if you guys understand what I'm going to say here. And I don't, I don't know if you get this, but I can tell you. And I can't describe it, but I can only describe it as a feeling. I can't describe anything else. And maybe you don't want to understand this, but I can't. But I'm going to tell you something. <clears throat> Whenever I am in good relationship with everyone in my life, there is an inner 
feeling of peace. There is. Whenever I am in good relationship with everyone in my life, there is an inter-feeling of peace. And the opposite is true as well. Whenever I know there is something going on with relationships with people in my life, and there's little something between us, I have this inner turmoil within me. And it's not huge, but it kind of sits there and kind of gnaws at me. And I'll tell you what it does. It steals my joy. It steals my peace. And I tell people that it doesn't bother me, but that's a lie. It does bother me. It does bother me. Now, listen, I'm not saying this. I'm not saying that if someone has messed you over that you need to go and say, hey, listen, let's go have coffee and hang out. I'll forget everything. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that you need to finally put that to bed one way or the other. And you need to let it go and let it be there. A lot of us have relationships that we need to settle. And I don't want you to enter 2019 without a plan. Will this be the year? Will this be the year that you finally decide to do that? Here's one that I harp on you guys on all the time. And I don't know if you guys are listening or not. A few of you say you are. But is this going to be the year you decide to observe a Sabbath? Is this going to be the year that you decide to deserve, observe a Sabbath? Now, if you're new to church life, you're going, okay, what's a Sabbath? Well, a Sabbath basically is where God said, I'm going to work six days. On the seventh day, I'm going to rest. And that's going to be a place where I can rest, relax, do what I want to do, and worship God and do it in a way that is glorifying to Him. I'm going to be thankful for what God has given me. Is this going to be the day that you decide to observe a Sabbath? That scripture is found in Exodus chapter 23, verse 12. And here's what it says. You have six days each to work your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working. This gives you an, your ox your donkey a chance to rest. It also allows your slaves and foreigners live living among you to be refreshed. I don't know if I've told you this or not. I think I have. But I told you guys a story one time about there's a factory overseas that decided they were going to start working here uh, seven days a week. And what they found out is, is that just adding that seventh day a week, even though they added, uh, even though they only added, you know, another 12 hours, that all their employees started getting sick, the animals started getting sick, the, the machines that they used for the factory inside started breaking down, all of it did. Why is that? Well, I'll tell you why it is. It's because God knows what he's talking about. And he knows you and he knows me. And I know, I know some of you guys, I know some of you guys, you guys run from daylight to dark 24-7. As of right now, you're thinking right now what you have to do this afternoon. That's what you're doing. You're thinking right now, okay, I got to do this and 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 this. And some of you guys are thinking about that instead of listening to what I'm telling you right now. And that's going to ruin, ruin your day. And you're never going to learn. And you're going to end up living a life that's, you're going full speed. And here's my question for you. For what? For what? So that you can have a nicer car? So that you can have a bigger house? So that you can have, can I tell you what I've learned? I've learned that all those things don't make a hill of beans. None of them do. None of them. I'll do, do this for a second. Decide that you're not going to get the cobwebs down out of your house for about a year and see what happens. You'll look like the Animaville Horror, okay, after about a year. I'm not kidding you. Decide you're, decide, decide you're not going to cut your grass for a little bit. See what happens. You know what happens? It starts overtaking. Decide you're not going to do maintenance on your house. Decide you're not going to do maintenance on your car. Guess what's going to happen? It's all going to break. It's all going to be destroyed. And that new house and that new car that you just got that smells so good and looks so good in 10, 15, 20 years is going to need updating and refreshing. You're going to get a new car. Those things all go away. They're not eternal. But I can tell you what is, what is eternal. If you, know, if, you know, if you know Jesus is Savior, then your life is eternal. And God is demanding that you say, listen, I mean, I've never, heard, I've never experienced people that got so upset that, they, that God is telling them, hey, don't do anything. Take a break. 
Rest. Just chill here. Don't worry about it. Rest. You can do that for at least one day. And I want to challenge you to do that. You will be amazed at how much better your relationships are. You'll be amazed at how much your health is. You'll be amazed at how much better your life is if you'll do that. Is this going to be the year that you decide to observe a Sabbath? A lot of people, what they do is is they get in the routine of working nonstop. And here's what they say. They say, listen, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I am going, I am going to enjoy my work and my labor when I retire. I can't wait to retire because I'm going to enjoy my work and I'm going to enjoy my labor. Can I tell you guys something? I'm going to be 48 years old in two months. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to enjoy. (laughs) If I feel any worse than I do right now when I get up in the morning, you know, if I I get up and I'm going, all right, let's go over here. Does that make sense? If If I feel that way, if I feel that way now, 20 years from now, I'm not sure if I'll be able to reach into my back pocket if my back keeps hurting. Are you with me? Why would you not want to enjoy it now? Why would you not want to enjoy the fruits of your labor now? You know, my dad did that. My dad was like, yeah, I got four years, six years to retire, five years to retire, and he died at 59. For what? If I could talk to my dad right now, he'd say, man, I wish I spent more time with my family. I wish I'd enjoyed my life more. I wish I wouldn't worried as much. That's what he'd say. I wish I'd have taken time on a weekly basis to enjoy what God's given me. I give you permission to do that. And husbands, if you're sitting on the couch watching TV and your wife says, hey, come help me, say, sorry, it's Sabbath. Can't do it. Can't do it. Don't call me, wives. I don't want to hear it. Anyway, is this going to be the year that you decide to deserve a Sabbath? Is this going to be the year that you learn to say no to things that fit into God's plan for you? Is this going to be the year that you decide to say no to those things that don't fit into God's plan. Y'all, I know y'all are pulled from different areas. I want to teach you guys a word, okay? Are you with me? Now, don't ever say it to me, but I'm talking about other people. Listen, no. Are you with me? Everybody say it with me. No. Now, don't say it to your wife either. But listen, you need to learn, some of us need to learn to say no to things that aren't part of God's plan for our lives. We do. We need to learn to say no to some things. A lot of us are just yes people because we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. And so what we do is, I've experienced this in my own life. There have been times in my own life whenever I've said yes to other people because I'm worried about hurting their feelings. And I ended up hurting my wife and my kids' feelings because they thought I thought they were the people were more important than them. And the truth of the matter is, is my actions showed that they probably were at the time. Learn to say no. Learn to say no to people. Now, when we ask you to serve in the nursery, don't go start saying no, okay, because I'll pull out the Jesus card. But anyway, (laughs) learn to say no. Learn to say no this year to things that are not part of God's plan. Here's the next one, and this is going to step on your toes. Learn to live on a budget and give to God's work, all right? Now, we never talk about money around here. We don't even take up an offering. We've got boxes in the back if you want to give. That's between you and God. I hope you do. The ministry can't do it without you, but there you go. The boxes are in the back. You can give. But I want to tell you something. Learn to live on a budget. Will this year be the year where you say, you know what? I'm going to get my finances turned around this year. This year, I'm going to give my, get my finances turned around. This year is going to be the year when I make a budget, and I'm going to start operating off the budget, even though it's difficult, even though it's hard. I'm going to stop ignoring that big, huge thing that plagues me all the time, 
called credit card debt or debt of some huge thing that plagues me all the time that keeps you up at night wondering whether or not the company is going to let you go or not, whether or not you're going to have a job tomorrow, whether or not you, the, the, the commission is going to come in, whether or not you know, the, the school is going to rehire you and all those things. Learn to do that. Learn to operate off a budget. I promise you, you'll live a much freer life. You will. You'll live a freer and more fruitful life. Is this going to be the year that you learn to live on a budget and give God and give to God's work? Is this going to be the year where you decide to uh, stop controlling and live in the flow of God's plan? That's the last thing I want to talk to you about is stopping to control and live in the flow of what God's plan is for you. Hey, can I tell you something? We all, we all, every one of us has a tendency to want to control our own lives. We do. We want to control our own lives. But I want to tell you something. You are so out of control, you don't even realize it. Now, you can fake like you're in control, but you're so out of control, you don't even realize it. I was thinking about something this morning. Yesterday, there was a football game uh, that occurred at the Georgia Dome. There was some stupid team from Florida that played, and Michigan played as well. So uh, I'm just kidding. We got a Florida fan here. He's going to kill me after service. But, but uh, listen, they played a game, and there was a kid that went to the game, and I was so happy to see the post of his parents. They, they were like, oh, my gosh, he was able to go to this game, and he, he, took, he took a couple friends with him. But I was thinking about this part of the message as I drove in this morning, uh, decide to stop controlling and live in the flow of God's plan. And I want to tell you something. That mom, the mom, mom of that boy thought that, that they were in total control. Everything was going well. Right up until about two months ago, whenever her son uh, got tired and, 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 and drifted off to sleep as he was driving and ended up wrecking his vehicle, and a post, a post, uh, a fence post, one of the fence post slats went through and hit him about jaw high and went up, and he had, had totally, his whole mouth here is all metal now. He's like, uh, he's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger character. Uh, he's got all metal in through here, up and through here, his palate. He's got to have about four or five more surgeries. And his mom and dad, everything was going well for them. You know, they were doing all they could do and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden that hit them right in the forehead. It really did. It hit them right in the head. Now, luckily, they loved Jesus, and, and they, you know, they gave everything over to God, and they knew that God was going to answer their prayers. And we were part of those answered prayers. I've been posting updates about Tanner a lot. But listen, that, that took them out of all. That was a side swipe from them. Can I tell you guys something? You're going to have a side swipe this year. Some of you may have had a side swipe last year. You're going to have a side swipe. You are. You are. And if you want to constantly control, if you want to constantly be in control of everything about your life, if you don't want to give up your life and say, God, wherever you want me to go, every morning, God, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. If you, instead you want to control every aspect of your life, you want to say, nope, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And I'm telling you, there's a scripture that says that there was a man that did that. He was like, yeah, tomorrow what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to this city or that city. And it was like, well, listen, you don't know if you're ever going to live tomorrow. <laughs> Why be so arrogant? Or another, another story said this. It said, listen, I'm going to build. Uh, I've got all this stuff that's been blessed me. I'm going to go and I'm going to build bigger barns. And he was like, well, listen, you're, you're not gonna, your life, very life is going to be brought from you tonight. Don't try to control your whole life. Give up control to God. I pro- Listen, I promise you, you can trust him. I'm living proof you can trust him. You can. You can trust him. He'll take you through, you know, uh, people dying. He'll take, you through, um, he'll take you through a tornado in my, in my case. He'll take you through hurricanes. He'll take you through all kinds of issues. But I want to tell you something. You can trust him. You can trust him. Matthew 6.33 says this. It says this. I love this verse. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need, not want. He will give you everything that you need. I'm going to tell you something. You do not have to struggle. You do not have to fight for. You do not have to do any of those things in the God's economy. All you have to do, all you have to do is trust him, give up that control, and decide that this is going to be the year that you address some of those issues that you know that has been plaguing you. This is going to be the year that you decide to give up control over to God. The scripture says that if you seek him first, it says all these things will be added. Do you know what the all these things are? Do you know what that is? All of these things are the things that I listed before that last point. All of these things, the relationships, the finances, all right? All of those things, those things are all going to be taken care of. I promise you guys that you can trust him. I promise you, you can. Listen, uh, today we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to ask Lynn to come on up here. Praise Ben, I'm, I apologize for, uh, for doing this. We've gotten a little longer. I don't want to keep people very long. And so I'm going to go ahead and forgo the final song. I hope none of y'all had solos or anything on it, but I'm going to go ahead and forgo the final song. Leah was getting ready to make her performance debut, but sorry, Leah, maybe next week. And uh, uh, I want to go ahead and, uh, and do that. I want to close the service. Um, and then Lynn and I have something really briefly to discuss with you guys, and then we'll dismiss. Okay, let me close the service and pray over you. Lord God, thank you so much for who you are. Lord, thank you for the fact that you love us enough to, uh, gosh, you love us enough to direct us and guide us in your word. You love us enough to be, be huge in our, in our lives. And you love us so much that we... We, we actually, God, um, are amazed when we stand back and look at, at, at your goodness and who, who you are in our lives. God, my prayer is, is for people to decide, nope, this is going to be the year. This is going to be the year. I'm not going to let it go any further. This is going to be the year. This is going to be the year that I break generational uh, strongholds that my family has, has, has uh, brought down. This is going to be the year when I decide to value who it is that God has made me to be. This is going to be the year that I, that, that I look and my goal is, is, is to become who God had in mind when he created me. This is going to be the year that I address our finances. This is going to be the year that I address that relationship. This is going to be the year. And I do all those things by giving up control and turning things over to God. Lord, let us be a church that does that. Let us be a church that gives things over to you. In the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.